This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to this summer special Sky Blues Extra podcast, which is kindly sponsored by Sky Blue Tavern and Dylan's Brewery. My name's Tom Ward, and I'm joined this evening by Dean. Good evening, Tom. Evening, mate, and I'm also joined by Ross. Good evening, Wardy, mate. How are you? Yes, not too bad. Thank you. Not too bad. Thanks for joining me, chaps. Um, I'll start with you, Dean. Um, how? First of all, how's your summer going? And <laughs> second of all, how is your mood, given it's early July and season is creeping upon us it's been pretty boring hasn't it no world cup that's a <laughs> yeah. real blow no world cup for the summer uh on an even summer as well so yeah very very uh very bored but work's keeping busy i've had a nice bout of covid as well which was cool that made me miss the leamington game which was very frustrating because that's that's sort of that was a sort of dangling carrot wasn't it when they started announcing the fixtures for for preseason, you thought, "Oh yes, we're going to actually go get get to see some live football." Uh, so yeah, that was a little disappointing. I did listen to the to the radio commentary, and I thought the two guys on radio were, were great value. We should get them up the uh, up the CVS. They get everyone's names right. Yeah, exactly. They, yeah, they, to be fair, they they did have a few different ways of pronouncing Hamer, not as many right. as we had during the first season. Uh, which we didn't know how to pronounce his name, but um, the, overall they did they did a really good job. So I like to see sort of Clive given the old heave ho and and get those boys in. But yeah, summer's fine. Uh, yes, it's just you're just waiting now, isn't it? It's just a, mm. a purely waiting game. The kits are out, signings have start. Well, our signing has started. Uh, yes, just 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 purely waiting for that for that magic magic Sunday rather than Saturday. Yeah, exactly. No come around very quickly um ross you're always very positive which i absolutely love um how are you feeling at this stage i'm feeling good um i think i think sometimes in pre-season there's different stages i think when the season first finishes and then there's that you know we'd obviously finished and obviously then you've got all the playoff games and, and there's sort of a lull in a period where i'm just thinking 
Yeah, nothing's going on. And as Dino says, that you know, there hasn't been a World Cup or any sort of summer football, really. Um, but I think once the fixtures come out, then it suddenly it starts then ramping back, back up again once we get into June and the fixtures got released and and that's when the excitement comes back. So, uh, yeah, and obviously the, once the friendlies start and it was it was disappointing that Dino couldn't make it because we, you know, I'd organised this, you know, whole sort of day and evening, you know, session with uh, Dino. Now he's making and he, me feel bad. He, and, he, and, and he let me down, everybody. But uh, it was it was great. And uh, yeah, football feels back. And when you see the team away in on the training camp, you know, um, again and all, all the pictures and stuff then yeah i'm ready to go it's just crazy to think the season starts this month you know yeah uh, that, that's still a bit weird because it's the first time my birthday's on the the second of august and usually it starts a few days after so it's weird to think that it's going to start it beforehand so uh look at him putting that fishing rod out for his birthday yeah he's hoping for a few sky blues I'm, extra I'm, tweets I'm, I'm, I'm hoping from a little video from mark <laughs> robbins like what, like, what <laughs> he got <laughs> but i'm sure mark robbins had COVID when he left that video because then he missed the next two games didn't he so yeah he I, so cur- I think i cursed him i think he was so red in the face leaving this birthday message to wardy but no i'm good i'm, I'm good um wardy man i'm looking forward to the the season and uh yeah i'm feeling positive my overall thought in terms of coventry this summer i'm uh my vibes are good and i'd ask dino what are your vibes after a year ago <laughs> you you had negative Negative vibes. So. Listen, I, I, I think the vibe, the vibes on the street on are pretty much are good. I'm a little shocked we haven't done like much summer activity at the moment. I thought we would have been straight in on the on the first of July with maybe you, you know, two or three names. We spoke at the end of last season and we kind of all said the squad needs a little bit of depth adding to it. And only having one player in so far with, what, less than four weeks to go. That's a little concerning, I would I would, I would, would say. I know we've missed out on a few targets that Mark Robbins had eyed up. Um, but it's... I'm just a little bit concerned at the moment. I'm not overly concerned, but just there's a little something in my mind saying, you know, are we being a little bit slow, a little bit hesitant in the market? Especially when teams now are making moves, so um, I want to I want to see us start making moves too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. A few people getting a little bit, little bit impatient, but but I that's think... Twitter, though, isn't it? That's that's the classic <laughs> Sky Blues Twitter every summer. Yeah, it's just one of those things. Yeah, it's it hard. It's sure. hard. People think it's easy to recruit a footballer to your club. It's super, super hard to do so. There's so many avenues that you and so many you know t's you've got to cross and dot i's you've got to dot it's very very hard to bring a footballer to to a football club so you've got to think of all those things there's there's a bigger picture involved in just getting a a bloke in putting on a training kit and getting them on the pitch there's there's a lot more a lot more to it yeah especially when we're trying to clearly get a a caliber of player now that if you actually look at our team um when everyone's fit we know how good we can be. There isn't actually that many spots available in the starting 11 for us to fill. So the depth, the players we're trying to bring in are players who we think can have a better impact off the bench. And obviously the players, you know, we've been in for players, we know Clark Salter and, and this guy who's gone to Burnley. It's it's difficult to sign players, I agree, generally, but especially when we're trying to bring in players who are going to improve us, you know, and help us get to that next level within the budget restraints and all of this sort of stuff. So I think... Um, you know, you look, and I think the problem that fans have is they look at uh, other clubs, 
Cardiff and who, who suddenly made eight signings in, in no time at all. But I genuinely go through all of their signings and there's not one that I literally would have been more than just a shrug of yeah. you know, reaction to, to us if we signed them. But I think there's, we, we compare and I see on the forums and on Twitter, everyone looks around and they, you know, every player who then suddenly gets released by another fellow championship club, you see us clamoring for us to sign them. And then you look where they end up going and they all end up in league one. So they're, they're not, you know, they're not good enough. It's about getting the good players in. Um, yeah. We're not shopping in the bargain bin effectively. Like, yeah. like the likes of Cardiff, you know, for me, there's a saying in life, you know, buy cheap, buy twice. Right. And <laughs> I think that works in football too. I think if you buy at the bottom end of the, of the, of the, of the barrel, shall we say, you are going to be buying more than, you know, what you need to, to fill gaps effectively and like you say we're, we're, we we want to shop at harvey nichols ross we don't want to shop at pound and do we so like like wardy wardy shops at harvey nichols <laughs> isn't he so he, he knows all about it yeah we'll talk a bit more about about the recruitment chaps um obviously the the big name well the the biggest signing of the the three i think it's three so far um is casey palmer um yeah dean what did you make of that transfer and where do you think he'll sort of slot into our our side I think it's a really shrewd signing. It's a for me it's a bit of a marquee signing in this division. I think he's got a lot of experience. He's got a point to prove too. I don't think he's really hit the heights he's expected of of himself and someone of his quality over the last couple of years. Um and I think it's the perfect signing. There's a there's a couple of reasons behind that. I think one he can play alongside O'Hare. If we want to play one up front, it takes the pressure off O'Hare a bit, that burden that maybe O'Hare has over the last couple of years that he's the main man up the top end of the pitch, you know, maybe it, it will relax him a little bit more. You may, maybe can get into some more, you know, better positions to to perhaps start hitting the target a, a little bit more too. So I, I think that's a good, good sign for O'Hare too. I think one of the most underrated aspects of Casey Palmer um, signing is his defensive capabilities. And I think if you look at the stats that TR Analytics have put out, his defensive stats are off the scale, really, for a midfielder of his quality and the position he plays in. And I think that opens up a couple of opportunities as well to sort of change the way we play sometimes. So if we do want to go two up top with Gordon and, and Jokerez, which I've, I think we might quite a bit this year, we might revert to, to a fourth, uh, sort of traditional 4 3 3. He might drop back into that three alongside Hamer and Sheaf, leaving O'Hare to play up the top end of the pitch with Garcarez and and Gordon. I think that opens a really in interesting uh, opportunity to do that. And I wouldn't be surprised if we revert to that on quite a few occasions this year, especially with the defensive issues we seem to have cropped up over, you know, with the lack of numbers we have at the back. We're going into the season with three defenders, central defenders at the moment. Obviously, we've we've tried to fill those gaps, but if nothing changes, that's an opportunity we might have to look at with a you know a standard sort of flat back four, which you don't get the best of Dabo in that sort of regard, but that might be something we need to look at. So I think having Palmer in the team in the squad allows us to open up a few more opportunities that we haven't had over the last year. I would say. Mm. Yeah, he's he's looked good in the the training videos, hasn't he, Ross? As well, obviously the club put out one from Spain, and he's putting a few sort of nice free balls through, which you know I think I think he'll fit in really well. I think that's exactly the sort of player we need. 
I agree. I think he's clearly got confidence. He's clearly got raw natural ability. And um, I spoke to a couple of friends who sort of, you know, when we were looked like we were going to sign him and, and, and they all said the same thing of, you know, if he, if we, if Robbins and Vivias can get the best out of him, like they've proved with Jokeres and these other signings who have come with sort of quite unfavorable reviews of certain, you know, varying degrees of, you know, different aspects of the game or whatever it might be. I think he, I think if we can get the tune out of him, I think he's, he's, a, he's a big, powerful guy, you know, seeing him at Leamington Live. I didn't realize, he, you know, he looked like a, quite a unit, you know, like good energy, strong, looks confident on the ball. And as we can see in those training videos, you know, he looks like he wants to be involved, wants uh, to influence the game. A different player to O'Hare, but I think that that suits nicely if we want to go with the box. I think he can actually, you know, in a similar way to Hamer, there was times where he looks like he wants to also get the ball and then ping those sort of quite sort of uh, adventurous through balls uh, through. And that would potentially allow Hamer um, to make his own runs, you know, beyond uh, the sort of into that bit into the box as well. So I think it adds great quality. We've not had a sort of a second cam for O'Hare for, for several seasons. You think of Hillsner never played a minute in the first team, uh, Brighton Akabari, we know what happened with him. So we, we've really struggled. That is an area of the pitch where, you know, we had Jody Jones. He, he clearly wasn't, you know, suited into that role because he barely played. And then Jordan Shipley, another one again, I just never felt looked quite natural in that sort of camp position. So I actually think, I agree with Dino. I think he's a marquee signing. I think he's 25. He's at a great age that actually, if we get tune out of him in the next sort of year, 18 months, scoring goals, getting assists, he's another asset, you know, because he'd be going into his prime then. So, yeah, I'm excited uh, to see more of him uh, in the coming friendlies. I think it also shows the pull of the club as well because there was inevitably going to be a lot of teams lining up for the likes of Casey Palmer's services this season. You know, there's a lot of holes to fill in, a lot of teams in this division. And with him being on the precipice of a, of that Bristol City team, I would I would suspect a lot of teams would have taken a chance on him. Well, Cardiff, Cardiff were one, but they they can uh, uh, they they didn't want to sort of pay his wages because, like you say, if you've been shopping at all these sort of you know cheap shops, then you haven't got the money to go to Waitrose, yeah, have you? And get exactly. the, uh, the, yeah. the steak. So um, no, I mean Cardiff were rumoured, and you know, and this is what again I think our fans need to remember, like. He was on like report like over twenty grand a week at Bristol City. One of the, the main reason their fans wanted him to get was to get him off the wage bill, you know. So we have all our fans wanting to slam us down at any opportunity about oh, you know, we, we haven't got any budget to do this or whatever. Yes, we may have negotiated with Bristol to get him on a free, but he, he's not cheap. Do you know what I mean? He, he no. was a, a big earner, and what do we think? He's just decided to just you know take a half a, a pay cut, you know, to cut or whatever. I think the quality he, comes at a price as well. Yes, Ross. We have a lot of, a lot of people don't understand how, you know, we can't burst our wage structure. We just can't do it. You know, we're not in the position where we have, you know, a rich oil daddy looking after us. We have to, we, you know, we have to be rigid and structured. And we brought in a player who inevitably now is going to be one of the highest earners at the club. That's, that's quality for me. You know, yeah. Showing that intent. We showed some intent. Okay, it's one player. Can we show a bit more? Can we stretch the budget a little bit further to try and, you know, push us into that playoff positions? But I think we've showed that we've we've done some decent business with him coming through the door. I completely agree with you. Um a couple of other signings as well, a couple of younger signings, a couple of under twenty three players, uh Dermy Lasala and Tom Costello. Um 
this is a, a sort of recruitment channel that's worked quite well for us over the years, Dean. And obviously, you think about sort of Dom Hyams who came through that channel. Um, and then obviously, more recent times, Fabio Tavares as well. Um, they're, they're a couple of interesting additions, aren't they? And possibly ones that they're looking to break in within the next couple of years. I think that's 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 an important as, uh, aspect of how our club is structured, the under-23s. I mean, you only have to look over the years since Robbins has been back, Shipley, Bayliss, you know, two big players have moved, played with us, they've, they've moved on, and it's, it's like a conveyor belt, effectively. You know, Ross was at the game at the weekend, Marco Roos looked a really good talent. Uh, by all accounts, Howley, again, he's someone who's going to be pushing on to that first team, so... Yeah, these players in the under twenty threes get the opportunity, and we don't bring players in willy nilly who you know just to fill numbers in the, in that that under twenty three side. We won the development league. Yeah, I think I think what's interesting with that as well, Dean, is that it's becoming harder to bring our own our very own players all the way through the academy. Yeah, they get cherry picked early, Tom. Yeah, they get cherry picked as well. So. You know we're we're a bit lower down the food chain, and they always get. And obviously, you know, with Villa down the road and Leicester, they get cherry picked out of our academy. But it's nice to see that we're doing the same now, and we're cherry picking some players like Tavares from Rochdale, for example. And we're we're sort of you know we've got our own system to go and pluck the odd player out and put them into the twenty threes and bring them through. It's working yeah, well, absolutely. And it's it's kind of like sort of the hybrid Brentford model. We've talked about the Brentford model quite a bit. I know Brentford got rid of their academy, but. We've got that sort of hybrid where we take them in the under-23s, develop them, bring them into the first team, and then they become an asset. Yeah, and they're low risk, you know, because they, they don't cost a lot. And, I mean, I agree, you know, it, low down the food chain, chain in one sense, but the op- I think the reason why fewer of our own academy kids who have been in the academy for a while have maybe not broken in as such is because we're higher up the food chain. We're not in League 2 anymore. We're not in League 1 anymore. You know, we're in, we're, you know, we finished mid-table in the championship. So all of a sudden, we, we know the jump. You know, it, it was easier, you know, and we gave opportunities still, but it was easier for academy players to yeah. break in when we were in League Two at the, at the lowest we've ever been in. But now the levels are much, much higher and we, and we can't, you know, we can't be given token appearances out. People have got to earn it. And when they, you know, and they have to earn it with Mark Robbins, they do. You look at Tavares, you know, people were clamoring for months and months and months, but he's earned it. And then you look at other players like Bapaga, people who back in League One, before we got promoted, we heard rave reviews about he can be anything he wants to be, but he's not made that impact. He, he's, he couldn't sustain an impact at, at Grimsby. So there's such a fine line with yeah. these players of really being able to make it. And I'm not saying he he can't yet. He, he, of course he could still. But the players who are breaking, like Eccles to me, he's one who comes in and, and if he can stay fit, that's his, his biggest problem. That's his issue, yeah. But yeah. when he's fit, he looks the part. Howley on Saturday, I know it's Leamington, but actually it's centre-half. He looked uh, confident on the ball. I thought it was a bit of a, you know, it, it, was, it was unfortunate when he came on against Forest because it was probably the worst game he could have been brought on last season when he made his sort of debut. But you look at, you know, Tavares and that. We have to, like, like Dina said, we've got to cherry-pick these players. But for our own academy players, they've got to be good enough at the end of the day. And if they're not, then they're not good. We can't just blood people because it's uh, what what we used to do, you know. Yeah, it's, it's much harder for them to get in. I mean, those, those three, probably Howley, Burroughs and Eccles, you probably say if we were still in League Two or League One, they'd probably be getting first team football regularly or getting a look in and then probably getting moved on, right? 
that's something we've said over the last couple of years. Are we a little bit ahead of where we expected to be yes. at yeah, this point? For sure. And, you know, these players over the years would have probably got the opportunity, like you just said, in the League Ones, the League Twos, but also now a pull of of our sort of academy and the level that we're at is that we're in a very, very good development league too. So, you know, that's an opportunity for these players. And they've seen, they've seen like, you only have to go on Google and look at the academy players that have come through the ranks, the under-23s, into the first team. There's opportunities there if you're good enough. And that's yeah. a huge pull. And, it, and it's big for this season as well, because we talk about having a smaller squad, which we're going to have a small... We're going to have a small squad again, and there's going to be a lot of games between now and November. Same for everyone. But I think this is the season where if you can have two or three of those younger lads who are good enough to come on and make a difference in a game or you'd be confident in in their abilities, then that makes a massive difference because it's three less signings you've got to make in the summer, isn't it? Yeah, and in a season that's going to have nine substitutes available with, you know, five, you can make five changes. Is it is it is it five of nine? Yeah, it, so uh, it's uh, going to, or is it five or seven? I think it's maybe? five or seven. I think it's five or seven. Or it this was year. supposed to be nine and they reduced it to seven. Okay. But even so, I mean the point still stands. Yeah. We don't have a big squad. So there will there will inevitably there'll be like there'll be a game where we have we've made four changes and there's an injury. They're gonna to have yeah. to play. And okay, yeah. we might be throwing them in the deep end, but you know, who knows? You know, unless you get chucked in the, the swimming pool without armbands, you don't know how you're gonna fare. So yeah. it's it's Especially one of those. when tough against those teams with the parachute payments. I mean, even last season, some of the games it's sort of eye watering when they made three subs and you think, bloody hell, those yeah. three tip players that they've just walk brought on would walk into yeah. our team. Yeah. And if they're doing five of them then you know, it's it's madness, really. But yeah, important for those young lads to step up for sure. Um, obviously, there's been some exits from the club as well. Um, Ross feels like everyone's gone to Shrewsbury. Yeah, I know <laughs> it's uh, Shrewsbury are getting the uh, the band back together. You know, of Shipley and uh, Tom Bayliss, obviously Rossi as well, still Rossi. Yeah, yeah, and obviously we we've managed to persuade them and, and sent the Costa on an adventure down to Shrewsbury. So, uh, Has anyone seen Zane Westbrook yet? He'll be turning up sooner. No. <laughs> but, They'll be uh, rocking up for a trial. No, <laughs> of course, there's been, uh, there's obviously been the exits. We knew about the retained list. Um, and I actually think when you think of the people we've managed to move on, um, you know, you know, DaCosta, you know, quite a high earner, you know, he hasn't made the impact we, we hoped he would when we signed him. And yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he fares. Same with Jordan Shipley, obviously going there. Um, and another site player who's left, who actually, again, like you said, Dino, of us being a, maybe a step or two ahead where, than where we expected to be. Drisdale, he was someone who was signed when we were again, you know, in the lower division, thinking, okay, he can develop, and maybe, you know, we were probably thinking at the time in 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 12, 24 months, he can be a really good League One centre back. But then we were in the championship. And I just think we've left some players behind. And actually, it makes a change because way, before these last five years, players were always just leaving us behind because we were going in the opposite direction. So it, it shows where the club's moving, that these last five years, we've had to say farewell to players who we've become fond of, we've had for a while because we've, we've left, left them on this journey. So, yeah, Drisdale obviously go into Costa on loan. I'm sure we'll be paying a, a, probably a reasonable chunk of his um, uh, wages. Um, but how there is. You, how much would you suggest he's on to Costa? Uh, seven and a half, apparently. Seven and a half thousand. Yeah, apparently. Surely not. That's uh, my sources tell me. <laughs> but no, apparently, apparently. Footy, footy manager tells you, you mean? Yeah, you're no, his, not he, he, he's manager, agent. No. 
No, 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 I wish I was. <laughs> no, no, but no. But no. Do you know what? That figure, that figure wouldn't surprise me. I don't, I don't think he's cheap. I, I don't, I, I really don't. I don't think he was someone, you know, who who's on like, you know, 15. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I really don't. But we've managed to move him on and we'll, we'll probably talk about others. But uh, so far, I think the exits have been decent. Obviously, Pass was released. He's moved on. Um, yeah, I thought he was going to go to a football league club, but he didn't. He got a good offer from... Uh, where did, where did he go again? Some yeah, really low team. But... Somewhere in Wales, wasn't it? It, was, yeah. it's, it is interesting when you think about, I don't know, that first year in the championship, feels like we went out and flashbought a few players in Europe and it was a bit like, we'll sign like three or four, one will work out, two probably won't. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it was a yeah, bit yeah, like, yeah. I don't know, obviously, Hamer was, Hamer was a, worked out great, but it felt like with, um, yeah, obviously with De Costa and Hilsner, they obviously didn't work out for us. And was Jabello? I oh, was League One, but still another Name one. Name me one club that every signing's worked out well. No, of course, none. Of course, of course. Especially in the market, those sort of markets. Yeah, the Championship is full of teams that do that. It doesn't surprise me that we went out and flash bought like to Costa and seven and a half grand. It was just a bit of a like spending spree to get a squad good enough for the Championship at, that, at the time. Yeah, we went our revenue. This is what the fans need to realise: is we were on League One, and then suddenly we got this influx of all this extra money. For, so we. We then had to increase, you know, the, the wages. And and that's players, what we've been doing. Players' wages as well. That's the thing people don't remember. Like, if you get promoted, all your players double their wages in their contracts. Yep. That's all built in. So the wage bill just doubles basically as soon as you get promoted. And you also have to go with the opportunities that are available at the time. You know, you can't say to, okay, hindsight's a wonderful thing, but an opportunity to sign Bright last season in the summer, I'd say ninety percent of Cough fans went, oh yes, please, thank you very much free signing we know what this guy's capable of and it didn't work out it happens that's football it's just one of those things and yeah. sometimes you gotta you know you gotta take a risk yeah yeah for sure um obviously we have got a few areas still to strengthen in the team um dean it strikes me that the defense is probably the, the key focus um clearly we need a, a left-sided well we need a left wing back we probably need a left-sided defender possibly even another center back as well and obviously looking towards the future, Michael Rose, I think he'll have a year left next year. So you think he might move on at that point. And obviously Fads is getting on a bit. So I think the defence is probably the area that needs addressing the most. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, there's there's huge holes there. Uh, I think the Michael Rose situation is very intriguing. Obviously, we know about you know, there's been reported interest over the last year or so. I'm really surprised he's still he's still here. So far this summer, I thought he would be, you know, I spoke to Ross about my thoughts on this. I thought he would be maybe one of those signings that we could potentially move on. Sorry, one of those players we could move on for a little bit of cash that might free up some opportunities elsewhere in the team. But at this stage, the way it's going with, you know, opportunities missed with the likes of Clark Salter, uh, your boy Egan from Man City. I don't think we could afford to, to, to lose Michael Rose at this stage. And... If that means he walks away on a free transfer next summer, it's one of those, you know, it's a, it's a gap that we just can't afford to, to lose at the moment. So we definitely need new bodies at the back. We definitely need a left back. That's something that's sort of a long-term thing because we haven't had that field for, for a long time uh, since we obviously sold McCallum. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, it's, we, we str- I just feel like we struggle with the win-backs a little bit. We've not really got they've not been settled have they on either side I don't think I mean even Dabo Kane there's not you know you don't you don't sort of you know go up to, go up to the CBS each week just knowing who's going to definitely be playing 
an eight out of ten performance on either wing every week. It feels it feels. So what you chaps think? Yeah, it also doesn't feel like we have two players to fill that position. Kane's not a, a wing back. Kane's a right back. Mm. Bidwell yeah. is a left back. He's not yeah. a left yeah. wing back. He's played better at centre half anyway. Exactly. So you know that's that. You know that's that's one thing maybe we could look at. You know, utilising him a bit more in the the central defence. But that that would mean. We're too short a left back. <laughs> he's, he's cover, isn't he, for cent- the centre half? I see him as cover, which is strange how it's worked out, but yeah. But uh, for me, we need a left back, a uh, left wing back. We need two centre halves, and you don't know the, the the talk of Kane moving on and the situation with the club and the rumours and stuff like that. Inevitably, you might need a right back too. So I think that's a really, really tough area for, for Mark Robbins to recruit in at the moment, especially yeah. with his top two targets going elsewhere yeah and Ross when you start looking through the rest of the team I don't know about you but I feel fairly confident that we've got the bodies we need there's obviously just players here and there and obviously there's you know there's squad players but you feel fairly happy with the midfield and you feel pretty happy we've got enough strikers so it doesn't feel like there's loads that needs to be done no it, it doesn't actually and this is this is what I was saying at the start when you you know I think some I think everyone has almost sold our, you know, the big three, say, before they've even gone a bit like with loan signings that we suddenly go, oh, they've gone back to their parents' club. So I feel like in our heads, we've been creating this idea that we've got way more holes to fill than we actually do. Clearly, and as Dino said, defensively, we need work. But we don't want to rush that because, you know, and Clark Solter obviously missed out on him, but... I was honestly not that bothered either way because he was part of the defence last year who conceded not literally, I think, three or four goals less than the, the season before when we finished 16th and our first year back. Defence was a problem. Leaking poor goals was a problem last year. So we want to improve on our defence. But you, like you say, left-back, centre-back, and then you look across the pitch and you think, well, you've got Allen, Sheaf, Kelly, Hamer, you know, Eccles there, Howley beyond beyond that um, in terms of central midfield attackers. We've got, you know, four strikers and, and a Fabio Tavares, so potentially five. Um, and then now we've got Palmer and O'Hare and players like, you know, uh, you know Denanga beyond, you know, beyond that and, and this uh, Marco uh, Russ who, who played really well. So you actually look at it and think, okay, we've got two right backs again, you know, assuming sort of, you know, Kane and Dabo are the ones. So, there isn't many starting 11 places to, to fill. There really isn't. And it's about if we can just get, I I think we need two centre-backs, uh, maybe like a really young player uh, and then someone slightly more experienced and then a, a left-back. If we were to get them and they were of the quality and we keep the rest of the team together, I, I think we, we'll have a, a really brilliant season. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's then, what it's then on about. Paper, then on paper, you, you have improved. Or, or haven't you? A hundred percent. And and Dina made a good point earlier about the back four. And I don't know if you've listened to Dom Hyam sort of sit down at the interview. And then right at the end, he makes a Freudian slip and says, "When we play a back four, pauses back five this season. So maybe maybe we're going to have, uh, you know, maybe we are going to go back to what Mark Robbins really loved in League Two, four two three one, or the start of the League One winning season four three three. And maybe actually that will get the best out of Bidwell because I agree he's a left back. I don't, he's uh, not a wing back. So actually having two options could help. And obviously if we do play a four predominantly, there may be, you know, four first team centre backs and then Burroughs behind will probably be enough. So look, I think it's about getting quality and not quantity because we don't need quantity. It's not an overhaul. You know, it's going to be different next year. 
because we've got a lot more players out of contract who will undoubtedly leave. But this year, it's about trying to keep our core team together, make up funds by releasing the likes of Shipley and Jones, and then bringing in players who are actually going to make us better. And that's what I think we can do. And obviously, keeping the big three is 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 the talk of the town at the moment. Um, the, uh, Ross, it sort of felt like last week um, there was a lot of talk about it. A lot of bids sort of came in. It feels like it's quieting down a bit this week. Obviously, hopefully, by the time the pod comes out, things might have changed too drastically. <laughs> be... It also seems to be a player per week. First, it was Jokerez, then it was yeah. then it was Hayward. This I week know, is the turn. Uh, of, I think it's of I think it's fair to say that the club have had bids, right? They've had yeah. bids and. From what you know, reading between the lines a little bit, they're probably bids that in seasons gone by we we would have accepted, but we're we've got a bit of a different ethos this time round, and we're we're holding out. Um, it also strikes me that that we you know if we're going to sell someone, you want to sell them earlier in the window because then yeah. you've got the money to sort of replace. So I think the longer time goes on, the more likely we are to keep them because a bid becomes less appealing the longer the, the later it, it comes in. You don't want to go into panic mode, do you? That's the thing. Well, exactly. That is timing's everything. We don't want to do what we've done before, where we, we hold on and we, we show better resilience, let's say, than we've ever shown before. And then suddenly, you know, the season starts and Jokerez is scoring goals and we're thinking, you know what, wow, you know, we, we've literally, we, we've done it again. Once again, everyone's doubting Mark Robbins. And we've, put, we've kept hold of these players against all odds, you know, and we've added the right players and we start well. And then just before the transfer window, we just... We, we we get cold feet and we suddenly sell one. That would be the worst thing to do, and we've and we've done that in the past. And I think, I think a lot of what drives this sort of constant. I, I, and I sh- should stay off Twitter and the forums because I, I sort of drive myself crazy when I see you know literally go back two weeks ago, so a week before the Leamington game, and on that Sunday, all we had to hear was, you know, and this is from other journalists, you know, Alan Nixon and stuff. Hamer's down in London having talks, and he's done. It's done. I'm thinking, well, he's yeah, that's it. He's gone. And, you know, I'm hearing the stuff about £5 million fees, which I just found absolutely balmy when you look at this Lewis Potter going for £16 million to Brentford. I just couldn't believe it. I honestly then, wake up day, every day and there's a new screenshot from Ross going, I've, I've had it, I've, I've, I've had, had it with these people. I'm, honestly, I'm just thinking, what? It's just crazy. And I just didn't believe, I just couldn't believe it. And then lo and behold, he's playing at Leamington, which the week before I would have thought there was, well, by the sounds of it, no chance at all. I agree with you, Wardy. I think there's obviously been interest. There's articles just come out actually, on the Telegraph now of Mark Robin said, look, there's no decisions to be made. There's no conversations to be had at this point. So I think the club want to keep all three together. That q and I went to with Dave Body at the Sky Blue Tavern. Um, he said, look, we're not, we're not a light touch. We, you know, we, we're not giving our players away. And I believe him, yeah, because I think they'd have gone already if, if that was the case. Yeah, so, and it's, and yeah, you know, they've batted off a few offers, which means other clubs are going to, have gone to other targets exactly you've got to think about how it works from the buying club's perspective you go out and put an offer in of what you think the values of the player that could have been fulham offering five mil for hamer we've rejected that they've moved on to another target and it's gone quiet again and that could happen all summer We're we're absolutely past the stage now if they were going to go for the decision that we need to strengthen the team it's it's gone that stage is that that stage is gone because it leaves you in no time the only thing is, like Ross says, if it, one does go with a week to go in the window, panic. That's a that's a purely panic. But that will only happen if the right money comes in. A joke and, bid. That would have to be a know, joke if bid. If someone offers 12 to 15 mil for Jokerez, then 
you're stupid you have not to, to look accept at it. it. Yeah. And also another perspective that I wanted to add that people don't think about is it's about with the player as well. You know, if you get offered 12 to 15 mil, then the wages are going to be, you, you know, a player could triple their wages. They could be offered 50 to 60 grand a week. And that is genuinely life-changing. And I'd like to see, I'd like to see any COV fan tweet out and tell me that they wouldn't triple their wages and, 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 and do their job at a higher level than they do now. And I think, like, you, you've got to respect the players in that way as well. You know, it's their life too. And, uh, you know, we're led to believe that there's a clause in this Hamer contract that, when a certain bid is reached, it gives the opportunity for Hamer to speak to the club, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's his release clause. I think that's fair. I think that is really, yeah, really fair. It then, fair. Then it gives the club an opportunity to sit down with Gus and say, look, we don't really want to sell you. You know, the the money situation might, you know, be the, the be all and end all. But I think that's a, that's a, that's a good thing. These are human beings. Football's a very, very short career in the in the grand scheme of things i know they earn a shitload of money but but you but there is there's something to be said for selling players at the right time i'm not saying we should sell anyone this summer but when you're getting these sort of offers and they're around what you want like you could upset a player by not letting them move on and then you're actually in a work far worse situation if you've got to sell a player for half price in january because they can't be asked to turn up training or whatever and you see it happen it happens it affects the rest of the team as well yeah, you know yeah. we we had this situation with james madison in that in that that league 1 season that upset the team yeah. basically when he was sold and the club went we're going to accept any willy-nilly offer yeah. for you the whole team went well hold on a minute there's absolutely no ambition here in this yes. football club so it, everything went down so you've got to fit it affects everybody in the club but these three players we've got the one thing i think we have in our favor is i think all three out probably have a squad you see they they genuinely i think love you know love playing for the club love playing for the supporters and i and i'm not saying that you know if, again if the opportunity comes to triple or quadruple their wages whatever that of course you know they'd want to do that but i don't see any i could be wrong Maybe when this comes out, they've all handed transfer requests in. But I just don't see them being ones to, you know, for, you know force a move. I I think I think we will say, look, and too often we've been dictated again by players. We need to say we will look. We won't stand in your way a bit, but the buying club has to hit our price. What your what your valued at you look at other transfers happening in the championship and other bids going in and you're thinking yeah well if that player is worth that amount then we've got all these players on two years left that you know we, it's not like they're into the last year of the contract and we'd be desperate to sell them i genuinely think our tactic this year is to try and keep them if we can unless a stupid bid comes in and see where it takes us as in this season could we get promoted and then you're in a different ball game but if we can't then they can leave and then you've got another four or five players out of contract and then next year is an overhaul and we and we bring in the fresh crop of assets. That's what I think we're going to do. And look, I, I hope that comes Sunderland or Ashton by the 1st of September, I hope all three are here and some people will be eating some humble pie because Hamer was gone last week and our hair's <laughs> gone today. He's got he's flying back from Spain right now. According Why to is the people. big three not the big four as well, by the way? Oh. Where's Ben Chief in this conversation? Well, he you know he should be. Yeah, I think on. he, I think he, is for the length of his contract. He's a, a bigger pull than maybe O'Hare. Yeah, for me. I mean, I think another half half a season or a season, and yeah, I think he's he's one of those ones where yeah, I would put him in the big four as well from like a commentary fan perspective. But I think 
he's the he's the sort of perfect player that's like just under the radar. Yeah, who will probably have an incredible season, could easily be our player of the season, but isn't isn't the one that's been talked about in the press, which is perfect for us. Oh, absolutely. We you know that's that's great for us. Absolutely. I think I'll I'll put my uh, I'll put my name on the line. Ben Sheaf will be player of the season in the championship. Wow. I'm I'm putting it out there. Yeah. Putting I mean, it out there. If he carries on the trajectory that he's been on, then no, there's no reason why not. I think we've got an unbelievable talent on our hands. Yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. I agree. I agree. The three big, three, the big three from here on but, in is the big four. But, but, uh, <laughs> I'm happy with that. But but just remember, you know, he we he was the replacement for Matty James, and we were going to have a terrible season. Um, look, once again, our recruitment team no 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 best. Um, so. No better than you. Well, sure. well, I mean, I, it wasn't just me. I think it was. I think it was everybody. Everybody. Thought, everyone yeah, was yeah, thinking yeah. he's the first signing. You know, first of July last year, and then look, another huge asset. I agree. He, and then against Leamington, he, he was very, very good. But yeah. yeah. One other signing we should probably talk about is Adi Vivesh signing a new contract. Uh, we heard about a week or two ago. Um, yeah, I suppose Dean, we can't really underestimate how important Adi is to what is going on at the club. Absolutely. Um, and every sort of picture Vader is, is literally shitting themselves at the idea of Vivash being back in the dugout. I was say they're all they're all banned now, aren't they? There's, uh, that yeah. list has grown a bit last season. Yeah, I am. Um, I, I I only kid, but yeah, it's like, and then that's monumental. I mean, you listen to all the players talking. A lot of it, okay, the manager's great, but the training, the coaching from AD Vivash, that is really the nitty gritty. In how you know how our players and how our team has performed over the last couple of years, so huge signing. I kind of had my, I I did have thoughts that he might go this summer. He might want to take that number one job somewhere else. You know, the likes of Blackpool, you know, jobs becoming available. He strikes me as someone who wouldn't want the number one job. I don't know why. He just seems to like his coaching and yeah, he, he strikes yeah. me he wouldn't like the media and I don't know. Yeah, probably Robbins is a, a more touch of, the, of that. You know, the, the front man, and he just does the sort of coaching in the background. But yeah, to be fair, there is probably a, a little bit of that. But you know, ambition—that's a—it's a huge thing, isn't it? And how far do you go as a number two, other than sort of unless you're in the top end of the the Premier League? So yeah, I mean, that's—I think that's a really you know really big signing. I you know a lot of people have said, oh, it's a key signing this summer. I don't agree in that regard. I don't think it's the the summer. You know, the the big one. You know, people can can you know can say that, but I just don't. I don't buy that personally. I think um, people are just doing that to exaggerate the point and to, to say how important it is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, yeah. And and the the lack of signings we actually have made, so maybe it's just to to emphasize that. But yeah, a, a really good appointment from the start, and you know, onwards and upwards with with AD and the Chelsea connection is massive, isn't it? That's that's a, that's another big big thing as well. So. Maybe we can bear the fruits of that as well in the low market once again come the uh, come the end of the transfer window. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. We'll now move on a little bit and talk about the kits. Um, obviously, it's been a quite an exciting couple of weeks with with various kit reveals, probably slightly earlier than we expected, and and I guess a little bit sudden actually on social, just uh, the kits coming out. Um, but obviously, home kit, away kit, and goalie kits. Um, Dean, the home kit is is a delight in my opinion. Obviously, bringing back the tram lines, um, yeah, a, another Hummel remake, isn't it? And a, a lovely kit. Yeah, I mean, I I personally don't don't like it. I don't. I I think we've had better home kits. I I, I look at that first home kit we had with Hummel. It was 
unbelievable than little stripes. Oh, if you could have that again, I I would uh, I would go back. But yeah, you know the general consensus is it's a fantastic kit. Obviously, huge talking points now are the bloody sponsors and the signs being wonky and stuff. It's it's that old, you know, the is this dress black or is this dress blue kind of thing with the wonky sides, isn't it? <laughs> so it's um, yeah, a good talking point. But yeah, uh, Ross, you saw the kit at Leamington. Yeah. Are the shorts a different blue to the top? It kind of looked like that in the pictures. Um, I didn't notice that. I, d- I didn't notice that, to be fair. I was probably wasn't looking close enough. And no tram um, lines on there either. But no, no tram lines on the shorts. I don't mind that. I, I personally see, I, I think, and I, I thought about this, like, I, I think it's the, the best home Hummel top they've done. And the reason why I say this is because the first Hummel won when we won the league, and I love that kit, but that came after years of night dross. So the bar was so low that it came in yeah. and we were like, wow, this is incredible. Now we've the bar has been so high. And I think I love the central badge. I think I do like that. I, no I, collar, I, shit collar though. Shit. Uh, I, 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 I disagree <laughs> with that. I know Dino loves his collars, man. But but then it was funny. Dino loves his collars, and the Bristol City butchered one. Then the, the next team brought one out, butchered one as well. He, he's been. He literally sent me a, a picture the other the other day. He finally found someone with a new kit a nice this year one, with a nice collar. Um, I, bet you, I bet you love that Swansea kit, don't you, Dean? <laughs> with that horrible <laughs> no, collar on it. No, but, yeah, but one collars in one collars in England and one collars in Wales, isn't it? How far <laughs> no. it is wide. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Um, but no, I, no, they, they, I think the kit was, uh, yeah, I think the kit's amazing, uh, Wardy. Honestly, I, I love it. I think it's, uh, yeah, it's brilliant. It looks iconic. I think the whole, the little modern touch of the, the cathedral stained glass window within the tram lines is brilliant. One interesting thing, though, on the shoulders, and this is on both the home and away, only two Hummel chevrons as opposed to the four on the shoulders that have been on every other kit we've had with Hummel. Why? I have no idea. I was about to so say, no, you're going to take us into conspiracy, <laughs> conspiracy <laughs> no, level things here. I was uh, alerted to it, and I was like, I was like, they were like, I was asked, how many did we have on our other kits? I was thinking, I don't know, I thought three or something, and no, lo and behold, it's four, and all the others, the red and black, four, but this year, we've just got two, two little white ones on the uh, sky blue, so I don't know why, maybe that's a, a Hummel-wide uh, thing, but no, I love the kit, and uh, yeah, it looked great in the flesh. Yeah, and obviously the the away kit came out as well. Uh, oh, purple nineties yeah. remake. Um, now we're talking, Wardy. Now we <laughs> yeah, are talking. Yeah, yeah. Wow. But yeah, no, I I thought Ross made a good point though about the fact that the that it was because we'd had such awful kits before. Because if I think if we'd released his tramlines kit, that's a, oh, you lost your head. You'd yes. be like that's outstanding. But <laughs> yes. but it's a lot of pressure for them now, isn't it? Because like they have set such a ridiculously high standard. It's almost like, and not just for like as as car fans. All the, you see all these like football like you know footy pay, kit pages and kit geek pages and they're all absolutely buzzing for our new kits to come out. So yeah, I'm gonna have a lot of pressure. But yeah, away kit purple, absolutely love it. World class. It is kit of the, it is kit of the yeah. season across every yeah. Premier League, yeah. home and away. It is undoubtedly the kit of the season and it will be the best seller ever yeah, I, I regardless of the, the hope kit it'll be the best it will be the best those and... um those dark shorts with it as well i didn't oh, even realize when it first it. came out but like those dark purple shot shorts with it beautiful and, and we you know we're led to believe we should have had the purple kit last year but there was issues with manufacturing and stuff so but to actually get over that hurdle and get that out this year Oh, I uh, tell it, you what, it's brilliant, isn't it? I genuinely, I, I yeah, incredible. Yeah, it, I, I think it's actually, yeah, I, I love the home so much, and I genuinely thought, wow, I, 
I think this is a home we've done the best, and then I didn't think they could beat it. And I think they brought the purple out. And I think I think it's, I genuinely think it's the best kit we've had. I think I always think it's absolutely incredible. Um, How good does Matty Gordon look modelling it as well? Oh, oh, yeah. oh, what a lovely man! Squeezed in that little bit of the oh, cathedral, you know, um, just with a little LED <laughs> light lightsaber behind well, yeah, it yeah, too. Yeah. The picture, everyone, when it, it got leaked to whatever, and, D- and Dino thought it was photoshopped and didn't no, believe no, it for no, a no, second. No, 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 no. I didn't say it was photoshopped. I said it's a bad edit because, or it was, it must have been like a magazine because of the sort of fold lines on the right hand side, and yeah. there was two full stops. You can't say there wasn't two full stops in that picture. No, but it, it was, it was. Uh, it was real, and we're delighted it was real because it yeah, was uh, of course. it was it was incredible. No, it's an amazing kit, and I think Hummel and, and the club are. Um, I actually give more credit to the, the club, you know, because I've seen. You know, I, I take an interest in, as we probably all do, a lot of the other uh, Hummel kits, you know, of other clubs, and on. I just don't think they compare. I think the thought, no. what the club have done in the last five years with the kits, with everything, with the Sky Blue Tavern, all of this is thought. They put so much thought into everything, and I think that just that just comes across. It's not just a lazy template. They're, they're, they're looking at what can we do to, you know, for fans like me, you know, like younger fans who haven't got those original kits, who I, I saw the original actually at Leamington, that was class as well, but it gives me a chance to actually get that. Do you know what I mean? And have a piece of memorabilia rather than just a kit. It's something I can collect. And I think they've been rinsing people of hundreds of pounds and I will yeah. be soon. I mean, How mad yeah. is it that we're getting super excited about bloody kits rather than signings? <laughs> It's so it's so mental. I look at like tw- the most sort of engagement that Cov get is on bloody kit tweets. But it's yeah, but like yeah, they do become iconic though, don't they? And like, and if you do have like a promotion season in one, it just they just you'd never ever forget. You'll always say, "Oh, when we had the purple kit or whatever." But yeah. I was just on your point around putting thought into it, Ross. I mean, the goalkeeper kits. I mean, we haven't even talked about them. Like, I mean, the home one came out, and I thought that's. That's naughty. That is. That's got festival vibes written all over it. <laughs> and then, and then they, then they pulled the away one out, and it's like, how have you even thought of that? Like, it's the ideas that are coming out are just. Where does it end? It, you know, it's the best set. I, I genuinely think out of the whole. I, I challenge anyone to find me a better set of kits in terms of home away home goalie away goalie, which all of them. Like I don't ever remember our fans or anyone. You know. Talking about goalie kits, like you know, it, yeah. it's mad that how we, we, the how are we getting record breaking sales of them. That's mental. Already sold like more. 15, was like 1500 increase or something. Already sold more than we had sold in the entirety of last season of the home kits, and it just it's incredible. Another revenue stream. Imagine buying those baggy oggy ones and baggy headmint ones when you were a kid. It's mental to apart think from about that, like... the only good goalie kit we ever had was that orange apart from that orange one. Do you remember that? Yeah, one? what's it called? Well the, Mort- Super, Super, well, the Morton Hill Guard one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a blast from the past. Yeah. Big, the big swirl. But yeah, no, a brilliant. They've done a amazing and the way it all links in again, the stained glass on the sleeves and the fact that, you know, they brought the white one out and you think, oh, amazing. And again, Simon Moore, he's a very good model, I think, with the the, the kits to be fair. Um and uh you know, give a shout out to, you know, I can't just let Matt Godden take all the credit. I think Simon Moore did, you know. Did Dabo it. looks good too. I, I, it's fair, they all do, you know. They should have got, you know, um, you doing it, Dean. I think that would have been oh, good no, as you well. Don't but, wanna, you don't want to see but, me on there. But, but the away but the away goalie top, again, it was just, I just think it's so classy. Yeah, yeah so neat and, uh, yeah, brilliant. So, again, I mean, I can't believe I've, I thought, I need to get both goalkeeper tops. I would never <laughs> right. have said that back in the night. Days. Mate, I was on the website the other day and I was pissed off they didn't have an extra large away goalie shirt and I just sat there and thought to myself, what am I actually doing here? Like, I'm trying to I'm, I'm annoyed. You're not that big, eh? Huh? You're not that big. <laughs> I am. <laughs> 
But um, yeah, I was annoyed I couldn't get an extra large away goalie shirt. Age too many ghost town so, lagers. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, and obviously you'd expect a third kit to be on the way as well, given the fact we've had one the last few years. Also, did cross my mind that we've got a blue home kit and a purple away kit, so could cause some issues away from home. Naughty but naughty blackout kit is there on the way. Mm, you know, right. I not think maybe a light, a light, like a white or something. Well, we've had white quite a lot, haven't we? But no, I don't. Want, I'm done with white. Done. I, I've heard like a little bit on the grapevine that it'll be cathedral themed. Again. Brown, brown. I brown, thought you were going to say brown. Cathedral City theme then. I was going to say, what? <laughs> cathedral City. Brown and white. Yeah. I want the no, tram lines. You've got to keep the brown for another season, you right? You've got to keep think, that in there. Uh, the thing is, uh, like, the remakes are great, but I do think you've got to almost create some new styles as well. Like, you know, like the Chelsea kit last season where they had like a really cool modern pattern. Like, that is a sort of where you're, you're writing your own history of patterns and then you recreate them in years to come. We have got to do that as well. A bit. So they've done it with Southampton, haven't they? With their away kit they released today. Yeah, just, that's a totally uh, you know abstract design, so, totally different. So you know they have got that in the bag, really. But they've done a good job with the modern tweaks to the classics, though. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I do think it is like they've not just tried to completely. Um, you know, I think Lashy's home. Lashy's home was you know having the phoenix, you know, on on the shirt and stuff. I thought that that was more of an original uh, take. But I do agree. I think I think they're capable, and I think the club could certainly uh, put yeah put plenty of thought in. So, um, and they'll come up with some uh, great stuff, no doubt. At Everton all. only have two chevrons too. Yeah, there we are. Then everyone, if you can, maybe, if you, it's, a, you, maybe it's a get fake. in touch. Tweet us at Sky Blues Extra Podcast of why there's only two chevrons. But uh, but yeah, no, brilliant stuff. And I, 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 there'll be a third, surely, what October, November time. And also the training stuff as well looks insane. Oh, don't, that's yeah. the thing I was going to say. From and Sa- it's got pockets. Oh yeah, that's a, that's a game pockets. changer. That is. That is a game changer. Yeah. That is a that is a big game changer. Oh, when but you fall they... asleep on the train and you don't have to worry about your stuff falling out your pocket. <laughs> you play tennis things. as well, you know. A bit of tennis. All right, mate. Tennis. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you. All this stuff about Tory Tom. I think it's all coming to coming to light, isn't it? But did tennis. you see the um? Did you see the training top on Saturday at Leamington? I think there was a picture yeah. of Sheaf wearing it. That looks naughty as well. Yeah, that 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 for me is is the one. I am a bit worried though that fans are gonna not have any money left Be to actually go to games. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, hold on. I mean, we need them, but we need people to spend money to get some more signings. Yeah, yeah. Maybe just magic them out of thin air. So yeah, it's a good way to get some nice revenue into the club too. Yeah. So you know, spend, yeah. spend, spend, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. Let's move on and talk about the Leamington game. Obviously, Dean and I unfortunately couldn't make it, but Ross was our man on the ground, so to speak. Um, yeah, roving reporter Ross. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. From a rainy Leamington spa got absolutely drenched. It looked on. minging. It was really nice in London. BBC lied. It said that uh, it said about forty minutes into the game it was supposed to just be just be dry, and that did not happen. I got absolutely soaked. But uh, it's not the best ground for rain either, is it? That's got barely any cover. No, and then you try and like just squeeze in the, the sort of stood areas where the seats and just to the side so you get a bit of cover and then you get the little uh the steward comes around and goes no no you're blocking someone's view you can't stand there and then just like you know pushes you back out into the open so no it about yeah thoroughly enjoyable uh day to see us back in action and yeah tell us a bit about the game i didn't manage to sort of listen to it but yeah tell us how it went 
it was much better than last year. Obviously, as we, we were still in you know, restrictions, weren't we, last year? So we sort of had a under-18 squad. So uh, it was nice to see the first team players back out there. And obviously, it was delightful to see Hamer playing after he'd been sold the week before, um, you know, to Fulham and apparently. So, yeah, no, it was great. And obviously, we had a mixed team, as you'd expect. And seeing the team news was... I thought both teams looked relatively strong defensively in the first half. I thought that there's obviously a couple of young lads with with Rose and be interesting to see how we play. Casey Palmer sort of started behind uh, Waghorn and Walker. So, yeah, the game overall was good. I think Mark Robbins summed it up in his post-match uh, comments very well. It was maybe slightly laboured at times. We looked a bit rusty. Leamington had already played a preseason uh, friendly game, uh, but we got into our rhythm uh, after Leamington could have been about four nil up. To be fair, defensively we were. Uh, <laughs> it almost, if, if there was any sort of performance that needed to was needed to emphasize that we need defenders, it was that that first twenty minutes because Josh Reed and Rose and Bur- they were having an absolute nightmare. Simon Moore, very very good, made some good saves, and Kelly Evans. I'm not sure if it was Devon or Dion. Uh, uh, Dion, isn't it? Yeah, he uh, he absolutely destroyed like Josh Reed, um, and he played very very well. I was sort of surprised that Josh Reed played left centre back and Bidwell uh, played left wing back, um, and then it was obviously Allen was a uh, captain uh, with Hamer, and yeah, we got into our rhythm. We had some chances. Wagon, the chance where Wagon scores were on the pitch, and as it went in, everyone got ready to jump on the pitch, but then the linesman had his flag up, so it was offside. Was that actually a thing? Was that going to happen? Everyone was going if Wagon scores were on the pitch. Unbelievable! Um, and he, you know, he burst out laughing uh, when he, um, <laughs> when he when he when he tapped it in from an offside position. Casey Palmer did it, yeah, some really nice passes, and uh, yeah, it was obviously yeah the strikers there. We've, there's been a lot of talk about uh, Walker and Wagon, and um, you know obviously they're big earners, and obviously they didn't contribute enough last year. And I don't know. I just saw this as an opportunity, probably more for Walker. And the question I'll be asking myself is, can he do like a Jamie Allen from last year? Jamie Allen, we were ready to sell. Um, and he came back to preseason, looked really sharp and you know, inevitably got a, a new contract a few months down the line. I wanted Walker to look really sharp and almost score a couple of goals. And I just thought, you know, he hasn't played in about seven months for us, but it felt like I was watching him from yesterday. Do you know what I mean? It was that Millwall game all over again. I just, I really, I, I, I was disappointed. I, I sort of felt, and I thought that's hampered what Casey Palmer could do because he didn't have that Matty Godden, you know, making those great runs. Um, and second half was much, much better. Four at the back, which was interesting. Um, four, two, three, one. And there was some nice promising performances. Tavares, a lot more energy. Uh, Tavares, that Marco Russ, uh, uh, he was good in the first half. But yeah, the second half, we just, we showed our quality. And Matty Godden, I mean, yeah, un- unbelievable. He, if he could stay fit, you know, that's the other, you know, he could score. I think he could get 20 goals. I think his finishing is just fantastic. Um, Liam Kelly, Ben Sheaf controlling the midfield. So there were so many positives and I think it was a good game. I'm glad we won because the hysteria, if we had lost, would have been just uh, just unbearable, you know. Um, but overall, it was good. And I think there were some good positive performances. I like the look of Casey Palmer um, and some of the young lads. Howley, I thought, did well. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see, you know, see how they're doing the rest of the friendlies, you know. Um, but it was it was a good performance in the second half mainly. The first half left a little bit to be desired, but uh, you know, it, it was a bit rusty, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I think it's Forest up next, isn't it, uh, in Spain at the weekend? Yes. Um, hopefully, this will be out before 
that game. Sounds like we've got a big following out in Spain as well, which yeah. is great to see. Does seem so. A bit yeah. of summer sun for the for the Skyboat Army. How yeah. many how many how many loyalty uh, points do they get for this one? Yeah, from going no, it's, over. It's an away trip, overseas European trip. <laughs> you got you got to get to fifty points. Yeah, fifty points for that one. But there'll be a lot of I can imagine there'll be a lot of uh, sunburnt cov fans at the end of the week. Because I don't think it's too far from Benidorm, is it? So I think people go and have a bit yeah, of a night out. Benidorm, yeah. Cabaroy, Alicante, all around that sort of area. So nice. could be uh, could be wild out there. Yeah, maybe the players will be out as well. Hopefully not. But I would love to see them lads on a bar crawl down the Benidorm strip. That's content, ladies and gentlemen. That's that's <laughs> where we need the that's where we need the cameras. Yeah. Um, let's chat a little bit about the opening fixtures of the season. Um, obviously, Dave and I did a did a little video, sort of um, talking about the fixture list, and of course, trying the the, uh, the home kit lager. But um, we'll talk about it a bit more. Um, obviously, Sunderland away first game is a tough start, Dean. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm half excited and half a little bit nervous for that one. Yeah, I think it's the absolute worst game we could have actually expected on that that opening weekend. Mainly because obviously there's there's hatred between the two clubs, you know that's you know can see from from their side, but they'll be absolutely buzzing, won't they? Stadium light will be full. We know how good the supporters are up north. Um, they'll be buzzing to be back in the division. I think it's a it's a it's it's the worst game for us. Because um, if we lose, then everybody will be like, oh here we go, we lost to Sunderland. Heads will be down. Fans will be annoyed, of course. I just think it's it's just got banana skin written all over it for me. Mm. Yeah, it's a tough one. You'd have almost rather just do like a like a Wigan or a, I don't know, yeah, or Rotherham yeah. or something like that. Just There's a lot of... of pressure on that game. There's it's a pressurised environment playing Sunderland anyway. But I don't think they've got much to lose from it, have they? Because they're new into the division and like you say, but that big plays into on. their hands, Tom. Yeah, massively. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I, I I just think there's there's more to gain for for, for them really Agreed. from from that fixture and yeah. it's it's just not the one i'd want to see opening opening up especially on a sunday as well yeah i i think i agree i i do agree with you i've got a bad feeling about it but i feel like that feeling could change if if the start 11 is you know it, you know if we have kept the you know you know the big four um as we're going with now and and we've added in these these players which you want to add in and, and left back and, and sort of centre back then then maybe actually you know we can be that team of you know they've just come up you know they've not added actually that that many players yet they I watched them in the playoffs I didn't think they looked that good and obviously it's going to be a pressurised atmosphere it's, it's it's like you say it's a bit their party of coming back but can we go there and, and, and spoil the party our away form was good last year so it will be a good test uh, for our team but I do my gut tells me that I could be disappointed by half two. You'd you'd want our quality to show right, and if and, yeah. if, and if it does to you know sixty seventy percent, then we win the game. But there's that you know it's been in that sort of cauldron on the opening game of the season against a newly promoted side, one that absolutely despises us. I just think it's just got problems written all over it for me. We'll see. Stay positive, Dean. No, th- we could listen, also just I smash am, him. Of, of course, there's that. You know, we've been waiting to smash somebody for a long time, and nothing would make me happier than smashing that 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 scum. 
from from up north, if I'm honest. Nothing would make me happier, but I just can't see that happening. Yeah. Just because of, you know, the history and, you know, the first game of the season. Um, but it could be easier and it could be a lot harder too. So it's 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 one of yeah, those. It, it could, could go against, either way. It could be against one of the relegated teams like a Norwich yeah. and then it's even harder. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But then... It's not actually too bad a start, really, is it, to the season when you look at the six games, um, Dean. Um, obviously, yeah. you've got Sunderland away, then Rotherham at home, Millwall away, Wigan at home, Huddersfield at home, Hull away. So, actually, when you look at the six games, that's pretty kind, isn't it, as a start? It is. And, you know, you, you never to be look at periods of the season, don't you? When the fixtures come out, you know, oh, that looks a d- difficult chunk. That looks like a you know fairly easy chunk, maybe, on, on paper. Obviously, it's a different story on the pitch, but for once, I think this season it just seems fairly sort of mundane the whole way through. It's not like we have a really, really tough period. You think after you know the period at the start of the season last year, it was really, really tough. You know, the likes of Bournemouth and Blackburn. We had that really, really sticky period where we didn't we got all those draws and we didn't win win a lot. And I don't think we got that this year, which is quite nice. You know, we can sort of ease our way through the season. I think the World Cup happening in November is is a massive benefit for us. I think it gives us time to prepare for the rest of the season. Obviously, it gives every club time to prepare, but we won't have many players in, in that World Cup or featuring in that World Cup, if any, shall we say. So, I think it will, I think that just that break will come down to where clubs are at before yeah, that exactly. like if you I think if you're a club that had lost two or three in a row you'd probably sort of be glad of the break but you know if it was like last season where we were flying and we were in the top two at that point you'd be a bit miffed but also if the, the break is so long then every team is restarting again anyway it's not like yeah. a, a but if you're on a good break. run I mean it's a bit of a yeah yeah of course yeah but every team's in that boat starting again of after course. six weeks yeah, so yeah, yeah, I yeah. think that period that elongated period I think that takes that sort of, you know, whatever run, barren spell you're on or good spell, I think that just takes everything. Yeah, you can take pluses out of either situation, right? Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm quite happy with how the fixtures have lined up for this for us this season. Um, you know, I, t- I honestly don't think there's much to be wary of. No, I don't think I many teams are strengthening well. I don't think there's maybe West Brom are the exception for me. Maybe they've made some good signings at this stage, but apart from that, you know, I wouldn't be worried of the likes of Burnley. They're in absolute financial trouble, so I wouldn't be too worried about them. Norwich are they the force they were two seasons ago? No, they're definitely not. They've lost a lot of good yeah, players. Yeah, I agree with that. That had Championship experience, so I wouldn't be worried about them. Watford are an absolute enigma. You never know what Watford's team are going to be, you know, going to turn up. And they've also got a brand new manager, Rob Edwards, who hasn't managed at this level before. So, you know, I, I'm not I'm not too too worried at all. I think if we go on a nice little run here and there and we start with this first six games, if we can come away with that with 12 points, then we're, we're off and running. I agree. And I think the other thing we've got to remember for us is not only is it about, say, signing, you know, you know these players to improve the team, but... Robin said it after the Stoke game, if we can just improve what we do in the game in terms of we had like the second highest sort of average shots, you know, in a game over the, the course of the season, it was only Fulham, which were higher. And we had so many chances 
<laughs> and then we'd lo and behold, we'd concede a sloppy goal, go, be- goal, go behind, and then have to fight back. If we can just change that, even by 10, 15%, though that points difference that we'd gain from not, from not always having to come back from a goal down, we'll, we'll see us in and around the playoffs. I agree. I'm not scared of anything. I think more teams should be wary of us. Um, than, than we are of other teams. So, you know, I'm, uh, I think Bristol City have made some good signings, but again, it's a bit like the West Brom thing. I just don't rate their manager. And I just think at some point in the season, the, the, the wheels fall off. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. They've got to, I think Bristol City have got too many big gaps to fill for them to be a force this season. I think they're a sort of a long-term project. And again, another team that, you know, are throwing cash around willy-nilly. And they don't have it. They don't have this cash. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of situations this season where you might see some points deductions. Yeah, I, I was going to say that, actually. I think you're going to see Reading possibly in trouble. Yeah, Bur- um, Birmingham are Birmingham all over the problems. gap, aren't they? Bristol City have got their problems. So I heard, I think we chatted about it on one of the later pods last season. The, the figure of five or six clubs was banded about as po- for possible points deductions. Wouldn't so, surprise me, yeah. <laughs> as we said, all, all, the chat about, all the chat about budgets, transfers and everything, you know, just remember that by keeping all of that in good check, you actually almost keep your status in the division just by doing that. So it's worth it's worth doing, you know? Exactly. And then one thing I, I just wanted to say, I remember Dave Body saying at the Q&A, the other thing was, he said, year on year, our budget is going up. And he said, within a few years, he we'd be looking at having a, mid, a mid-table championship budget in terms of where we sit. But he said... Our budgets have been increased year on year, but there's a lot of teams in Cardiff of one of those. They're having to realign. They're, they're actually reducing their budget. Cardiff have now put like a wage cap in. Like they're not paying any more than 12 grand a week. You know, and they've been paying all these big fees. So the, the, the league is sort of realigning itself. I think clubs are having to take note. And when you look at the like of Dar- likes of Derby and, and Reading, and, and uh, you know, like you say, I think there'll be other teams with points deductions. You've got to look at it and go, well, what we don't, we're not relying on there to be this, you know, this billionaire who, it, once they get fed up with pumping the money in and overspending, that we can't survive on our own sort of two feet. We can do that. And I think, I think it's amazing where we are with that model. So, yeah, I'm, I'm buzzing for the season. Um, yeah, bring it on. So, just on those, on those first six games, then, um, I'm going to push you for a, for a prediction, Ross and Dean. Ross, you can go first. How many points? are we going to get from the first six games? For the benefit of the tape, Ross is using his fingers at this point. Yeah, Ross has just got to calculate route. <laughs> remember, Ross, it's three, this is, this three is, this for a win, three yeah. for a win, one for a draw. Well, I'm just trying to navigate, because I remember everyone, I'm from Leicester, so I'm just trying to navigate my six fingers here. Uh, <laughs> no. But, uh, but no, I'm going to go with uh, <laughs> uh, seven. Seven? Seven? Oh, sounds a bit negative, Ross. Get him off the pod. Can we, do a, can we do a summer transfer? It's all right. You, everyone's allowed an opinion. It's fine. <laughs> Dean? Uh, Sunderland loss, Rotherham win, Millwall win. What's this to be these up as you go, or are you going to do it? nine. Then? I think we're going to get 11. One, one loss. I think we will lose that opening game. Three wins, two draws. That does make 11, yeah. Fair. Interesting stuff. Cool. All right, chaps. Well, I think that's just about all we've got time for this evening. Um, thanks very much for joining me. It's been a it's been a lovely uh, discussion and nice to have a little summer podcast 
um, yeah, obviously, while we await the season to start. Um, listeners, do make sure you get your booze booked in the Sky Blue Tavern for the first couple of games um, this season. Obviously, they are going to fill up quickly. And also make sure you check out the new home kit lager from Dylan's Brewery. Um, I can tell you now it is a lovely beer. Um, and it's also a great bit of memorabilia to have as well. Um, and finally, from us, if you want to get involved in anything we've talked about, then all you need to do is use the hashtag SBE podcast. Thanks for listening to the Sky Blues Extra podcast. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.